0: bugle audio newspaper for a visual world hello buglers and welcome to issue 4251 of the bugle i am andy zaltzman live in london it is the 30th of january 2023 and i'm delighted to report that despite rumors to the contrary planet earth has just been recommissioned for another five-year stint <laughs> there have been talk but the end of uh, 2025 would be it for the planet with several new planets applying for one of the franchise slots and Earth's form having of course flatlined drastically in recent times but we are staying put at least until 2030 uh, it's bad news for Neptune though which has not had its contract renewed and is to be replaced by a new planet in January 26. The bidding process is now open and according to rumours, Elon Musk's Megasphere Company are amongst the frontrunners having promised the first cubic planet which will also be the second most livable planet after Earth with an atmosphere of 50% oxygen. And 50% muscium <laughs> tetraoxide, a new gas, that makes people impervious to criticism. So, what an exciting time to be welcoming my two co-hosts this week. Firstly, giggling away in South London, it's Mark Steele. Hello, Mark.
1: Hello. That's uh, excellent news about the new yeah. planet. i To be honest, I've never been a fan of Neptune.
0: Yeah. 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 It's had its chance.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it, I mean, it it's, ever done? Really? It's, it's nothing you don't even know. Is it the biggest? not anything, is it? I yeah. suppose it's the furthest away now since Pluto lost its franchise a few yeah.
0: years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, well read of it in my book.
1: But Pluto's but, um, doing very well in the Planet Conference. <laughs> <laughs> Could work its way back up, is not it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been, drawn, it's been drawn against Wrexham in the next <laughs> round. <laughs>
0: uh also uh joining us and I've, I've no idea his views on neptune as a planet but we'll shortly find out from new york city it's josh gondelman Hello, hey, Josh. Th-
2: thank you for having me i you know i was pro neptune right I, oh. I it was fi- it didn't bother me you know <laughs> <laughs> no one no rich guy was trying to go there wasting taxpayer money <laughs> so i kind of liked it i liked that it was doing its own thing
0: yeah so what, i mean what which planet would you like to get rid of josh because you know obviously- oh
2: i i honestly i don't mean to sound rude about this but jupiter's too big i don't trust it <laughs> <laughs> that should be two planets break it up <laughs> it's like an an interstellar monopoly yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a gas
2: giant. It's like Con Edison. That's what we have in New York, right? It's just one company that does all the. Food. It's
1: got all those moons as well, isn't it? How can the other yeah. planets compete?
0: Too yeah. many moons. Mm. Well, we can dream of a fairer solar system, uh, and you know, hopefully, one day those dreams will come true, but not quite yet. We are recording on the thirtieth of January, as I said, tomorrow. Uh, 31st of January it was a bad day in 1606 for Guy Fawkes, the gunpowder plotter who was hung, hanged, drawn and quartered in the uh, classic British uh, fashion of over-punishing people. Um, <laughs> but it does seem, it does seem, you know, really one of those three would be enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, either hanged or... Uh, what was it? Drawn, was that? I can't remember exactly what drawing was it. Quartered, obviously, is being chopped into four bits, which seems...
1: Oh, it's yeah, tied it was... to a horse. Right? Yeah. Uh, is the drawn bit. Uh... I think drawn
2: and quartered is a package deal. Right. Yes, okay, exactly. The horses yeah.
1: go in different directions. Mm-hmm. If they so... just
2: draw you, then you just have to live out the rest of your days tied to four horses. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> That's drawing without quartering.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes, some of these drawing places, uh, good for good behaviour, they let you out after nine years. It's <laughs> a bloody, on- bloody <laughs> holiday camp, some of these drawing places. I wouldn't mind. They get a telly in there to be watched <laughs> while they're being dragged along the cobbles.
0: Uh, and Wednesday uh, is the first... Of February, uh, and it means that uh, well, but on the end at the end of Tuesday, January will once again take the lead in the always tightly contested most frequent month of the millennium contest. Mm-hmm. It'll be twenty-four Januarys now, if you take the millennium as beginning in uh, in two thousand, which it did, ahead of the likes of August, November, and March, who are in an eleven-way tie on twenty-three. <laughs> Occurrences. So, who's going to hit back and pull level, or could January open up an unprecedented two-point lead? Will December leave it agonisingly late again, or will February sneak it under the radar once again to equalise? Full coverage here on the Bugle. Uh, as always, a section of the Bugle is going straight in the bin this week. An ethical hunting section, and uh, well, very exciting times for people who would like to hunt but have moral qualms about it. Following the excitement over Kylie Jenner's appearance at Paris Fashion Week wearing a hyper-realistic faux lion's head as a brooch. We look at the latest breakthroughs that could soon make hunting accessible to people who are a bit squeamish about slaying animals for fun. Uh, So for those born under the star sign Vegetarius, who've always longed to be able to track down and execute the great creatures of nature, some hugely exciting developments, including the advent of fully vegan big-game hunting. That's come several daintily footprinted carbon-neutral steps closer with the development of a giant pumpkin shaped like a rhinoceros. The <laughs> pump <pump-nosaurus laughs> has been genetically modified to have gr- a grey outer shell and knobbly horn-like protuberances that from a distance look quite like a rhino snout. The vegetable, which has no known conscious being, can then be mounted onto a remote control quadrupedal buggy that can be driven around the safari park in patterns of movement modelled on the real, r- real rhinoceros, whilst an onboard sound system enables the hunters to hear the pump dying whimpers uh, once shot to complete the true hunting experience without the pangs of guilt caused by slaying an unarmed, endangered species just because you can. Uh, also in production, the Toe Pheasant, which is a pseudo-pheasant made of tofu that can be attached to a drone, and for the gun sports fan, is always yearning for a fairer contest between human shooter and avian shootee. can even be armed with a pellet gun mounted to its wings with a motion uh, <laughs> sensing camera so that the bird can return fire. And Scottish landowners are now offering a humanitarian stag hunting weekend, where two actors don a pantomime stag outfit and gamble around the Highland <laughs> Glens until you take them down with a paintball gun. The actors will then ceremonially smear stage blood over your face before performing a selection of classic theatrical two-handed scenes, uh, but rewritten to involve deers, which is something that you don't get from uh, a dead stag. So, is it uh, the... Um...
1: What, are the royal royal family going to go in for this sort of thing? They like a shooting party, don't
0: they? They they do. Well, you'd hope so because they're a bit more they're a bit more up with. the uh, well, Charles, with would, the modern world, he? yeah. yeah um, going with
1: the stags and the <laughs> yeah. I think he would.
0: I can see William going for the mu- more humanitarian, vegan stag hunting. And I can yeah, see yeah. That. yeah. Very progressive. It, it's yeah. a hugely progressive institution, Mark.
2: <laughs> Very forward <laughs> thinking. That's what I was going to say. <laughs>
1: even harry who is the far left of the royal family <laughs> even even harry was like uh, in one in one of the many many interviews that he did and there was quite there's still a few to come i believe there's one because he's done most channels but he's still uh, yep. there's still going to be one on eurosport in between the badminton
0: yeah he's doing the bugle in a couple of weeks as well he
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell, all, tell all. even harry <laughs> Right, so he was like, uh, there was a, there was an, uh, uh, there was one evening, there was one, uh, one day when we were just a normal shooting party. You don't have a normal shooting party if you want to <laughs> try and become the, the people's bloody royal ponce. You have to don't say things like the f-ing just a normal shooting party. Most people don't have a normal shooting party. What you do? What you do over the weekend? What you do over the weekend, Cherry? Oh, we're just another fucking shooting party. <laughs> oh, not again. Yeah, the missus, she fucking loves it.
2: <laughs> Anything here with guns makes you more
0: relatable to people.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, good point, yeah. yes. He was trying to appeal to the American <laughs> audience. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot, Yes, yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah. And uh, finally in our ethical hunting section, uh, whale hunting need no longer be a guilty pleasure with the fun-packed offering from the luxury nautical ethical holiday specialists... Moby-diculous, uh, who offer you <laughs> a range of replicatious bow whales created from decommissioned military submarines which you can pursue and simul slaughter with a fully, fully biodegradable magnetic suction harpoon. Uh, anyway, that section <laughs> is in the bin. Top story this week, we are doomed, or at least (laughs) more doomed than at any point since 1947. This is according to the latest update to the Doomsday Clock, uh, which uh, measures, um, I'm not sure entirely how uh, uh, subjectively (laughs) or objectively, how close the planet is. To Armageddon, uh, and it was launched in uh, in 1947, uh, when of course the world had just been through the greatest trauma in human history and had resolved to live happily ever after for the rest of time in Mm -hmm. peace and harmony, which isn't going quite as well as would be ideal. But we are now closer than ever to Armageddon. uh, Armageddon clock. I I don't know, as a percentage, how doomed we are, but I think it's probably over 80 percent doomed. And on this clock, there are now 90 seconds until the end of the world. I should emphasise. It is a symbolic clock, not an actual clock. So we do hopefully have more than ninety <laughs> seconds to go before the end of the world. Because this is a show on the internet, at some point, someone could be listening to this when there are literally ninety seconds to go until the end of the world. But hopefully, not for at least another five or ten years. Um, uh, how how worried are you both by this by this clock? I mean, do, do, you, do you do you keep tabs on it to to think you know quite how close we are to the end of everything?
2: I have my alarm in the morning set to it. <laughs> I like to wake up with just kind of a baseline dread cuz this does seem pretty harsh, right? Like 90 seconds till the earth is done. That's not apocalypse now, but I would call it a clockocalypse soon. <laughs> I know, I have some questions does it account for daylight savings time or saving time, which we still have here, right? Wow. So maybe we forgot to set it back like I do with my That's microwave, it. and it's only actually like about 11 p.m. instead of midnight. Because yes. um, 90 seconds does sound so dire. That's not even enough time for me to text my family group chat, right? right. <laughs> to say I love them. It's I'm not making individual calls. Never mind that. I will say. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, what were you going to say, Mark? Sorry, I jumped in. No, WhatsApp what's group chats when the mm-hmm. nuclear bomb goes off. Hi, everyone. Did anybody see that blinding light? (laughs) I've I've got a cactus in the window. Do you think it will harm it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's it, right? Like, I kind of feel like they're bluffing because that's 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 not to talk ill of the bulletin of atomic scientists or Boas, as I hope they call themselves to sound more. Intimidating. Um, just like we're snakes and we know science. <laughs> At the end of the Cold War, there were, we were 17 minutes from doomsday. That was the, the high watermark for our distance from apocalypse. And we still haven't hit doomsday yet, decades later. And that's like a common trick, right? You text your friend, and you're like, We're 17 minutes from doomsday, and you haven't even left the house yet. So, like, that just feels. And now it's at 90 seconds, and I'm starting to feel like it's when parents want their kids to behave, and they're like, I'm counting to 10. And they're like, The kids are still being bad, and they're like, Nine and a half, nine
1: and three quarters.
2: I swear to God, I'll make this planet uninhabitable if I get all the way to 10.
1: Yes. I I know. Is it Putin that's done this?
0: Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, apparently... uh, Well, I hope he's pleased with himself.
1: Yes, (laughs) it
0: has got closer to midnight because Vladdy Poodles, the Kremlin Gremlin, uh, has (laughs) the big two of a very short temper and a nuclear arsenal. Now, one or the other, in isolation, wouldn't be quite so dangerous, but both together Mm. is is high risk. Uh, Also... Uh, we're closer to Armageddon because of Prince Harry's memoir and the Scottish Gender Recognition Bill. Or I must stop reading the <laughs> Daily Telegraph. Uh, plus, the inexorable rise of the T Twenty franchise leagues at the expense of Test cricket, and uh, Elon Musk uh, once again ha- having almost certainly developed a cosmic death ray nuclear mega penguin that can lay radioactive eggs that will surely destroy us all. So, a number of factors, but definitely, Ukraine, uh, the Ukraine Russia situation, uh, is is shunting us closer to. The precipice of, if I could uh, just
1: see yeah. I saw one thing I think was very alarming here was that Putin at one point said when he put his nuclear weapons on absolutely the top high alert that the reason for it was a speech by Liz truss <laughs> and I thought I, I could just about accept the end of thousands of years of civilization but let it not be because of Liz trust <laughs> what a she terrible a- reason for the human race to die out when <laughs> when aliens land here in a million years and they go i wonder what happened and then eventually they work out oh then this woman made a speech
2: <laughs> well she must have been in power for a long time to cause the entire destruction of humanity yeah, no exactly. <laughs> About as long as it takes to launch a nuclear missile is how long she was in charge. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, another thing that really alarmed me was um, a woman from the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, uh, Boas, um, called <laughs> Rachel Bronson. Uh, and, and this is the organization that over, you know, decides where the big hand of the doomsday clock is pointing. And the fact that they've only ever got, uh, as Josh said, uh, to 17 minutes to midnight. So They're not using the full scope of the clock. Uh, or being slightly over-pessimistic. Um, uh, she said that Russia's uh, threats to use nuclear weapons remind the world that escalation of the conflict by accident, intention, or miscalculation is a terrible risk. And, look, I mean, you might not be happy with Liz Truss causing the end of the world, but I'm really unhappy with the idea that accident or miscalculation could bring about the end of the world, yeah. I don't mind so much if it's intentional human self destruction that would fit with our overall mm. narrative through our history. <laughs> but what I do not want is the last words of our species to be either whoops, or did you say go, 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 or no, no, no. <laughs> uh, that is not not what I want, yeah.
1: Well, there we are, we live with it, yeah. I mean, would you? But it can't be worse than it was in sort of '63 when the uh, when the uh, Russians put their missiles in in Cuba or threatened to.
0: Well, pa- pa- it? Yeah, well, that's what they've wor- That's what they've worked out. Um, they moved
1: it ten seconds closer, right?
2: It was a hundred seconds and now it's ninety. But what does that mean? I can't even heat up leftovers in that ten seconds.
0: <laughs> but I mean given that, you know, we've we've never got more than seventeen minutes away, is it time to accept, you know, it's inevitable and just you know, just yeah, you know, trying to you know, remember the good times um and accept that you know, maybe our relationship with the planet has reached a, 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 an end point and the longer we stay together with it, the more we just hurt it and hurt each other really. So uh, and and if the world did end, would you, would you would you would you miss it? I mean, there's pluses and minuses mm-hmm. for me. Uh, minuses, no more Olympics. Obviously, that's bad. That's tough. On the plus side, an end to all the disharmony in the United Kingdom over Brexit, and I think that's the only way that we will ever fully <laughs> get through it in this country is just the end of the world and everyone who lives on it. On the plus side, Donald Trump's 2024 campaign could struggle if the world has been reduced to post-nuclear nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, on the minus side. From a Jewish perspective, no Messiah, and that I mean, thats really Duff. disappointing. Well, I mean, waited all this time, and if the world ends now, you know.
1: Oh, what if he's planning he... to come back? Right, and <laughs> he, he ends up coming back a couple of years after the world's ended. <laughs> he's got the whole I should universe. have texted to see if you were still <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> he's got the whole universe full of planets. He must be going back yeah. to all of them in turn, I guess. Right, and we are we. It, you are, uh, yeah, that's why if you are, if you ask, give me your prayers. If you ask for him to come back, it will go. You are being held in a queue. <laughs> you, are, you are planet number three hundred and four. <laughs> oh,
2: <for laughs> also, from the Jewish perspective, <laughs> just historically, we're not fans of Holocausts, <laughs> nuclear, or otherwise. So, I think it's just fair <laughs> to say this one wouldn't be really in our wheelhouse.
0: Um, and also. I, I do not want the world to end now, mostly because this coming summer's Ashes series mm. looks like it could be an absolute belter, Mark. So I, mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. I really want to wait until at least autumn before the world's end. And before yeah. The world ends. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. What if it's uh, what if it comes just before the last day of the Oval Test <laughs> when England need 170 to win oh. with seven wickets left?
0: Oh, oh God. <laughs> Don't put that thought in my head. Mark. I'm not sure I could cope with that. <laughs> there will be people in the commentary box saying, you know, as the as as the, the the radioactive cloud envelops the Oval, saying, "Oh, you can play in this." I don't know why they're going off. You know. <laughs> in the sixties, they'd have played through this. Um, so uh, the Ukrainian situation uh, has been. Uh, well, Russia has been aggra- it doesn't take a lot to aggravate Russia, and as I said, Putin has a bit of a, a short temper. Um, but uh, Germany, after a long period of pressure, has agreed to send its highly rated Leopard two tanks. Is everything a sequel these days to help <laughs> Ukraine uh, to help Ukraine's effort in the war against the under pressure of Vladimir Putin's uh, Russia Russia team, which has been underperforming. I think it's fair to say. I mean, it's, it's Putin does not rap doesn't seem to take constructive criticism well. So he's probably going to get quite cross about tanks. Um, <laughs> just seems he's not the kind of guy you should waggle tanks at. Uh, but uh, no, I'm still not enjoying the Ukraine crisis. I still don't like Putin. It's nearly a year <laughs> on. And I, still, it's, it's one of the most baffling, out of all, in the huge catalogue of completely pointless wars. I think this is right up there in uh, the most pointless. And it doesn't seem to be any, you know, any end in sight.
1: No, it's got years on it, hasn't it? Um, And it doesn't even uh, have a close season, this war. (laughs) At least with football, you get a couple of months off.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is... I know this sounds ignorant, but... We're still doing tanks? <laughs> That's yes. still what we're doing. That yeah. feels too old school. Like <laughs> at this point are we trying a big wooden horse full of soldiers or asking <laughs> Poseidon himself to send a tidal wave to intervene? <laughs> like tanks is still how we do it.
1: A big wooden horse full of soldiers would be a would be a magnificent unexpected term. I mean I'm not generally a f- yeah I'm not generally a fan of war, but that would make it all worthwhile if the Germans sent in a big wooden (laughs) horse. Oh, at last, the Germans have been nice to us with Um,
0: presents. To add to the general sense of uh, Armageddon's (laughs) gloom, an an American general called Mike Minahan uh, has, has predicted that the USA could be at war with China Within two years, he said, I hope I'm wrong, but my gut tells me we will fight in 2025. Now, let's just hope that this American general's guts are are wrong. (laughs) Let's just hope he ate an undercooked, homemade Kung Pao squirrel (laughs) and is feeling negative towards anything even vaguely Chinese. And and also, the gut has largely been proved to be less accurate as a diviner of the future than an evidence-based approach to analysing the current trajectories of global politics and economics, which can also be wrong uh, of course also it's possible he was sitting in his armchair with a shirt off got bored and made his tummy button talk by squeezing it and uh, and letting it go <laughs> but uh, it, yeah it just it, there seems to be almost a story every week that just makes you think oh what the f*** are we all doing and why on earth did i bring children into this world um there, there was one other uh, sort of apocalypse related story it came from mike pompeo the former secretary of state under donald trump published a memoir And uh, I've not read it, but I did read the headline of the story, which he highlighted quite how close we came in 2019 to to a potentially world-shaking showdown between India and Pakistan. Now uh, that was was all I read about it. Just this, this, and I hadn't read the article, but so I assume what Pompeo was revealing was quite how close India and Pakistan came to meeting in the semi-finals of the Cricket World Cup in 2019. (laughs) Of course, Pakistan would have made it if they hadn't lost the first of their nine group games by such a big margin to the West Indies. And as the former Secretary of State no doubt pointed out, that defeat ultimately cost them as they lost out to New Zealand on the controversial net run rate rule, cricket's equivalence of goal difference, and New Zealand went on to play Mm. and indeed beat India. But it just shows on such slender threads, the future of humanity can dangle. One uh, final Armageddon-related piece of news. that I mean, it might be that humanity doesn't destroy itself, but that it outsources <laughs> it, as it tends to do, to the robots. And the latest news from this, uh, an article on the New Scientist website, a millimetre-sized robot made from a mix of liquid metal and microscopic magnetic pieces has been developed. It can stretch, move and melt. And it's almost like these people want to destroy the planet just to prove how fucking clever they are. The first rule of designing robots, don't make them so fucking small that you can't see absolutely everything the fuckers are doing to you. Mm-hmm. Second rule, don't mm-hmm. make robots that can shift between being solid and being liquid. That is fucking obvious. And third rule, actually come to think of it, don't make liquid robots at all. It's obviously asking for fucking trouble. Have these fact-based Quitted scientists never watch science fiction. Their naivety is fing staggering. According to the New Scientist, this technology could be used to fix electronics or remove objects from the body could be used to do that but it obviously won't be will it it'll be used for some nefarious ends by a cackling megalomaniac billionaire in a secret island lair somewhere before the micro robots in- inevitably develop minds of their own and start slithering their way into all the computers in the world as well of course into our human brains by wheedling their way into our skulls by the various poorly designed orifices in our heads this is a fucking disaster and the new scientist presents it as progress. Uh, Josh, I know you are hugely skeptical about all scientific progress. Uh, mm-hmm. this, must, this must have rattled your Absol-
2: I mean, this, honestly, we're, I feel like we're at 87 seconds now on the Doomsday <laughs> Clock, just after hearing this. Because the headline that, that announced this, like you said, the new scientist, they put it as progress. They said, metal robot can melt its way out of tight spaces to escape, when the headline should have been holy shit, we made the Terminator real and we're <laughs> yeah. sorry.
1: Exactly. Who could hear that and not think of the Terminator. Yes. How do you but know that Liquid robots? Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm very much the same with the dishwasher. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, these things are evil. They take <laughs> ten times as long to load as, as it takes to wash things up in a bloody sink, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yet they're convincing us with their bloody waves that they're obviously sending out that, uh, that they're useful, and one day they'll just be taking over the world. They'll just be marching down the, the street <laughs> Sucking in buildings and spraying them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Totally unnecessary. How come when we invent stuff from science fiction, it's always the stuff that murders and never just like the box where you can be like, boop, piece of cake. And then a cake comes out. Yeah. Why aren't they working on that thing?
0: Humanity having less money than sense now, in the sense that it has a huge amount of negative money. It's uh, US debt ceiling season. It Seems to come around pretty much every year, uh, Josh. And uh, the, I mean, if you could choose one ceiling to be smashed to pieces, you know, the glass ceiling, the Sistine Chapel, or the U.S. debt ceiling, uh, you'd probably predict it would be the U.S. debt ceiling. And sure enough, uh, the Godzilla of debt has knotted through the saggingly damp blaster work and molding beams that is the american debt ceiling 31.4 trillion dollars uh in in debt now um, that seems that seems like uh, a, a lot H- how far do you think america can 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 take this before essentially it just owes everything in the universe
2: I think we're going to beat the high score. <laughs> I think we're going to do it again. <laughs> this is... So, if if people don't know, the U.S. Congress votes to authorize how much debt the, con- the nation is allowed to carry. It's unclear how our government is in charge of that it seems like it should be up to china it's their money (laughs) (laughs) they should have some say right like we we have this fight in the us democrats versus republicans like should we be allowed to owe more money and we just get to go hey china we voted it turns out we're going to tack a few more trillies onto that iou do you have venmo what are we doing here yeah we're the worst episode of MTV Cribs of all time. We're just, because we didn't even get anything good with all the debt. We just need <laughs> a camera person around our nation going, like, look at these corporate tax cuts. Check out the most expensive military in the history of the world. And then in three years, when we haven't had a hit record in a while, the whole country gets listed on Zillow or Street <laughs> Easy.
1: Yeah. It's such a really good portrait. I've never thought of it. Because if you would, if, if they went, Oh, no, look at the debt we're in. And we were just like, everyone had swimming pools, guitar-shaped mm-hmm. swimming pools. Yeah. But we've got nothing for it. <laughs> we've got nothing for it. We don't
2: have healthcare. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> we have so nothing for it we do not have health care. Nothing. We have so much debt and we have nothing.
0: <laughs> well, it is kind of an addiction, isn't it, economically? It, I don't know. And It seems it's not possible for to, to wean ourselves off it. In In Britain, we've also hit record levels. Of national debt, two point five trillion pounds worth of debt, which of course is that's barely, cute. That's what exactly yeah. It's barely chicken feed across uh, across the Atlantic. <laughs> um, uh, but um, yeah, but it's uh, it's just, it's astonishing, really. The, uh, in two thousand and one, that was the last year that the U.S. government ran a surplus, and American national debt then was under six trillion. Uh, and under half of GDP, and now it's over thirty trillion and a hundred and twenty-five percent of of GDP. And I I, I, don't, I dread to think what if if there are any historians in the future. And you know maybe this is the one good thing about Armageddon is we will never be judged by history. What the <laughs> fuck they make of the first twenty twenty-three years of this millennium? God, God, but I think we've made we, we, we bloop out quite a lot as a species. I think who's got it then? Ah, Who's well, that's the kind of question. is is
1: trillions.
0: That, you start asking that question, Mark. The whole economic edifice will crumble. Uh, you have just got to believe in it. It's it's like it, it's like uh, you know fairies in Peter Pan, isn't it? You know, anytime someone says they don't believe in the global economic system, somewhere in the world, an, an investment bank dies. So you've just you've just got to stay the course and, and keep the faith. This so this is. This happens all the time. We're nearing a standoff
2: on this again because excuse me, Republicans love to create debt, but they hate to borrow money, which is a conflict. (laughs) They only want to pay for, as I said, military and tax cuts for the wealthy, guns and yachts. They're like the world's bougiest pirates. They're like the friend who orders three cocktails at dinner and then suggests splitting the check evenly. Except in this case, they order all the cocktails and go, we're going to run out on the bill. No, you created this mess. You stick around and deal with it. And that's, this is the problem is that if we don't if we do raise the debt limit, right we we're still going to spend it on the same things and and the government gets to keep running. If we don't raise the debt limit the government will default, which is worse than when a regular person defaults on a loan, because it's it's not like the Chinese government just comes over and breaks Joe Biden's thumbs and Janet Yellen's (laughs) legs. It would throw the global markets into chaos, which for the Republicans is actually a win. They'd be like, see, America is still number one. We're throwing the global economy into the most chaos it's ever seen.
0: Would you think that might be a way to to solve it politically if politicians were going to have their thumbs broken they might be a little more responsible yes
2: i think i think the that the world would be better if politicians ever faced any consequences for their actions yeah. if you're yeah. asking that i think like i'm not saying regular people should break the thumbs of politicians <laughs> i'm just saying um we, we've got a lot of checks and no balances. Well,
1: that would be quite a check and balance, wouldn't it? If a, if someone came in and went, hey, give me a trillion. Right. <laughs> right.
2: We've gone from uh, to really put a little check yourself before I wreck yourself into checks and balances. <laughs> Ice cubify it.
0: Moving on uh, to the sacking of Nadeem Zahawi, the chairman of the Conservative Party, and a cabinet minister um who uh, was most recently before he was sacked uh, this morning as we record um a minister without portfolio which is a v- incredibly nebulous job title uh, so basically he's a minister who doesn't actually have anything to do um which is a strange, <laughs> it's kind of a strange thing to have in uh, in in politics he's been In four years in government, Schools Minister, Business Minister, the Supreme row of the Vaccine Rollout, Education Secretary, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster, Chairman of the Conservative Party and Minister Without Portfolio. In just four years. And that shows the almost uh, unquantifiable levels of irresponsibility (laughs) in this government. The fact that these jobs are treated like just a bit of work experience before you f*** off and do something else. (laughs) Well, so, anyway, so he's been fired over this tax issue and, and breaching the ministerial code over you know who he told what and when and, and this uh, rather sort of complicated tax thing to do with a, a, a business of uh, his stroke, his father's based in Gibraltar for um, tax purposes. Anyway, there's, there's details online uh, that you can uh, read up about all the t- tedious details of it. But he's been uh, he's been sacked. And uh, and it you know, it's been you know it's only I think only the second sacking uh, stroke resignation since Rishi Sunak became prime minister uh, three months ago and you think two two cabinet ministers in three months would normally be quite a high rate of turnover but by recent standards that has it has been almost <laughs> like an ice age of stability. <laughs>
1: Well, I think they're just going for it now. I think they know they've only got 18 months or so left, so they're just going to get... And whoever replaces them, will be done for nicking a load of tools out of a van and a breakers' yard? And they'll say, oh, I didn't realise it was against the rules, and it was just because I was being careless. And it'll turn out he sent all the tools to the Cayman Islands, to a, to a garage in the Cayman Islands, where it's legal to store stolen chisels, and they double in value every half an hour. And they're just going to do whatever they want they're just mad 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 things now they replace ambulances with ubers and you'll just have to have a heart attack and lie in the road and type in a postcode and stuff and (laughs) then someone will be going I'm sorry I arrived now yes where are you
0: I can't
1: see (laughs) <laughs> uh, by burger king by burger king and then they'll leave because they get a better job from a woman who's had a stroke and then and it, it's just everything and then they'll all the hospitals will be shut and they'll say we're going to send the patients to rwanda and it's just and it's just they're just dragging the plate they don't care 3.7 million pounds and he was fined another million and then the government and the Prime Minister goes, well, yeah, let, let's just move on. It's <laughs> supposed to be the party of law and order. Imagine if you did, of any other the crime, you have been found guilty of, uh, of, a, <laughs> of actual bodily harm and have maimed four different people in a pub brawl. Yeah, but I mean, that was a couple of weeks ago, Your Honour. Let's just move on. Indeed, let's just move on. Let's not get bogged down. What the British people really want is to see our plans for a new rail system between Swindon and Didcot. This is
2: what we were talking about earlier, right? That it's the consequences for political malfeasance are so low. And even the way we talk about it is so gentle. Like, Andy, it's been described as a breach of ministerial code. That's what you said, which I truly assumed meant like, wearing your wizard robe inside out at some kind of parliamentary <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ceremony or yeah, yeah, yeah. failing to deliver a suitably sad note of condolence to the Queen Corgis, <laughs> up, Queen's Corgis upon her death. Like, but he just didn't pay his taxes. That's not a breach of ministerial code. That's regular crime. Yeah. I've done that crime. <laughs> you don't have to use euphemisms when it's regular crime. That's like saying he, if he was sacked for magisterial impropriety. You're like, well, what does that mean? Oh, he was masturbating on a city bus. Okay, that's just regular <laughs> (laughs) impropriety you can just say what happened let's not dress it up
0: um i guess in a way i do feel a bit sorry for Nadim zahar because there were three good reasons that normal standards of behavior should not apply to him one he's an mp two he's a high pro high ranking cabinet minister in the conservative party and three he's a multi-millionaire businessman now if he's not above the law who is and what does that do to the concept of aspiration Mm -hmm. in this country the egalitarian idea that if any of us work hard enough and are successful enough we too can be above the law will it only be the preserve preserve the aristocracy again what kind of country do we want to bequeath to our children where will be the incentive for my kids to strive to be sufficiently wealthy not to have to worry about the law taxation codes of behavior and basic morality it's no wonder that the younger generation have given up trying no wonder we've got it we've got to give them that, that that ray of hope disgusting yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I do think that, g- given the churn of, of, of government ministers, there is an argument to say that all government ministers should formally resign before taking office. So basically a pre-resignation. Just get it all out of <laughs> the way. You, you swear at your oath of allegiance, whatever mm-hmm. you do, when you become a, a a government minister, then you resign for anything you have done, for anything you may be doing, for anything that you may one day do. And then you can just get on with it, and we have a bit more stability uh, in government. This, There's one uh, one um, Lord, Tory Lord, did you see this this week, who suggested,
1: this is the sort of thing now that they actually discuss, that uh, when, before a student graduates, they should take, I promise I'm not making this up, right, before a student graduates, mm-hmm. they should take an anti-woke test <laughs> to see how, honestly, to see how anti-woke they are. And if they are sufficiently anti-woke, they get a discount off their student fees. <laughs> wow that's what yeah
2: that
0: oh dear
2: that oof, that so, should just be a deal if you're like anti-woke you get a discount that truly yeah. just sounds like um a deal that like alex jones would offer on his su- the supplements <laughs> yes. he sells on his podcast yeah, uh, yeah 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 all right 10 percent off if you call in and say you're anti-woke <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you can get your brain expanderizer <laughs>
1: <laughs> gorilla ball supplement <laughs> Is it him that's got all the millions, all the trillions? He's lost. He's lost most of. Oh, it. Oh, it's paid, yeah. If he's paid up all his debts, wouldn't that clear most of it up?
2: He is not five?
1: yet. <laughs> he's
2: <laughs> if he yeah. If he paid up his debts, I think our government would be fully funded. <laughs> that's right. <our, laughs> well, you, you should just send the money directly to China. <laughs> A slight digression. We have uh, our own scandal right here in New York. Uh, Representative George Santos, who was just sworn into Congress, he's facing new scrutiny because he had there uh, five hundred thousand dollars was donated to his campaign, and he said he donated it from personal funds, and now he's saying actually they were my funds, but they weren't personal funds which is that sounds that's definitely cheating talk right like oh i was with her but i wasn't with her it's the same but it's different and uh he there here's a couple facts um he said a month ago he said in a week i'll make everything clear and it's been a month and he hasn't and i'm if you don't know about george santos Everything he says is a lie. So I'm really <laughs> excited for his explanation for this situation. Not because I think it'll clear up any misunderstandings, but because I think it might be the most masterful work of fiction America has ever oh. seen. Move over Faulkner, move over Hemingway. He
1: get, the bar's been set high by your <laughs> recent ex-president to Truly. lie him. Mm-hmm. That would really, really be a, uh, in, a, in a lie-off. Santos has
2: never said anything true. He lied about being a star volleyball player at a college he didn't even attend. Yeah. <laughs> He's inventing new uh, axes of untruth every day. Yeah, yeah, and then- yeah. And as a New York resident and as an American, I'm disgusted by his presence in government. But as a writer, I'm completely demoralized by how prolific and imaginative his work is. Like whatever campaign, wherever the campaign loan came from, he'll be able to pay it back with the MacArthur genius grant he's awarded for his excuse for his work in fiction.
1: This is the modern politics, like Boris Johnson, who just now, I presume he's just lying, just for fun, I could he's gonna shoot the moon. Stop. Yeah, he's probably just wandering around, little going up to random strangers, going, mm-hmm. "I, I invented zebras. I've got a, <laughs> I've, uh, my, 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 I've got a knob the sheep of Canada. I'm, uh, I, I think he just can't stop. <laughs> uh, there are, there I've are got twi- the biggest tomatoes <laughs> threw live four mi- four miles, <laughs> <laughs> you through you? it. I can throw it. I'm a shot putter. <laughs>
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Bugle. Uh, we will be back uh, next week. Uh, delight, as, uh, as always, to have both of you on. Have you got any shows to plug to our listeners, Josh?
2: Yes, I'm going to be in. I have a couple uh, live shows. I'm in Philadelphia uh, at Helium Comedy Club as the secret headliner, but I can tell you that, on <laughs> February 8th. Um, I'll probably book some more. Oh, and I'm in Brooklyn this Friday night. I'm doing a new material show at Union Hall. Uh, If you want to know more, joshgondelman.com slash schedule. And if you want uh, updates on what I'm doing, um, I've got a stand-up special called People Pleaser that you can watch worldwide, I believe, on Vimeo, free for Prime members in the U.S., and, uh, oh, I have a newsletter called That's Marvelous, where I write pep talks for readers every week. Uh, that's joshgondelman.substack.com. Sorry for the extensive plugs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mark, have you got anything, anything coming up?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: anything? I'm about to start a tour. That I, I'm terrified of this. It's half written, and it starts this Saturday at <laughs> uh, Derby, but I don't think there's any tickets. Oh, where am I going? Stafford, Stratford-Bernabon, the next ones, and then, oh, I don't know. There's about 50 dates, Mark Steele tour, uh, that shit get you to it and um, anyway I don't know where I'm going (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I, I did have a whole bloody string of gigs for, on Neptune, but uh, <laughs> now, now that it's been decommissioned as a planet. Oh, and then I do my own podcast. That um, Mr. Very, uh, very been on a number of times, and hope, I very much hope that Josh will be on soon called uh, What the F*** Is Going On?
2: <laughs> I would love that. That is a question near and dear to my heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you can listen to me hosting the news quiz currently on uh, uh, Radio 4 via BBC sounds, and um, uh, thanks to everyone who came to my uh, final two tour shows rearranged from late uh, last year. Uh, We will play you out now uh, with uh, the Bugle Wall of Fame, uh, consisting of the great cultural achievements of our voluntary subscribers. To uh, join the Bugle voluntary subscription scheme, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button. Joseph Hickey invented the fast-forward button on video cassette players, prior to which people had to use a special manual spooling device called a crankweasel. Anders Montanon discovered that stained-glass windows really don't work so well at night-time. Libby Witt restored Leonardo da Vinci's culinary classic The Last Supper to its original state, removing the bottle of tomato ketchup, crate of Belgian lager and copy of Puzzler magazine that had been wrongly added in the 1950s. Andrew Wewell disproved the commonly held theory that the Egyptians built the pyramids as stadiums for watching sphinx racing, and Diana Patterson also disproved a less commonly held theory that the Egyptians built the pyramids because they thought they would be effective structures for catching pigeons at any height below about 120 metres. Darcy Latramoui corrected Albert Einstein, who had erroneously concluded that E equals MC. Fortunately, Darcy was on hand to add the key squared bit that made it work, Martin McMaster sculpted a surprising number of the works in the Louvre Art Gallery in Paris and he never complains that they're all attributed to other, more famous artists. And Lisa Wooland was the visionary disruptor who suggested putting the cushions around pool tables to stop the balls falling off onto the floor. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now?